Thank you, Father. Thank you for your spirit meeting us here this morning. Thank you for the obedience of the saints who chose to come out, to be in your presence, to fellowship with other believers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you woke us up with the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind so that we could get ready and come and come to be blessed by your spirit. Thank you, Lord. That's a big deal. We don't see it like that, but it's a big deal, Father. And we are grateful and thankful for it. Thank you, Lord, for putting in our hearts and minds what you want us to know and to come out with during this time. The revelation and the understanding that we need to have during this time so that we will always remember Jesus is Lord. Jesus is our Savior. And because of him, we live and we can live. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We adore you. And we want to magnify your name in this universe. For there's none like you. And it's been proven you are the only one true living God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things that you want me to say. I love you, Father. And I'm not worthy, but I thank you. I thank you. Glory to your precious holy name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay. Now bear with me. The message title today is The Prophetic Magic of Christmas. You know, Jesus' birth, his life, his death, was all for a profile for mankind to follow, to use, to revisit, to explore, to apply, and to use to escape sin, darkness, oppression, fear, and the cares of this world. I'm going to repeat that. We need to, we need to get this. Jesus' birth, his life, and his death was all for a profile for mankind, for all of us to follow, to use, revisit, explore, apply, and to use to escape sin, darkness, oppression, fear, and the cares of the world. He's the only one that can do that. The only one. There's no one else human breathing in the world can do that but Jesus Christ. You can go to the therapist, psychologist. You can go to all of these places. But if you want to be able to overcome the inner turmoil, then you need to go to Jesus. If you want to have joy that no man can take away from you, you need to meet Jesus. People may give you a little happiness, but it's fleeting and it is not lasting. And when it's over, then what do you do? You need Jesus. Amen. Amen. And he's the only one that can keep us living in turmoil and tribulation and not lose hope and faith, not faint and be overcome by what we see, but to overcome Mm -hmm. what we see. Not to be overcome by what we see, but overcome what we see. Amen? Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Okay, we're going to go through Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. And in, in our 
study this 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 morning I really want us to focus on I think there are some words in here that are prophetic words for us as believers that we need to gather from the Christmas story so in um, Matthew 1 chapter I mean chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 reads as such now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise or as folded when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph which means she was betrothed to a person that she didn't even probably didn't even know him before so it was not her choice and she had no say so in the arrangement now and I'm gonna bring out a lot of stuff because to me there are a whole lot of miracles that was going on in order for Jesus to be born to die <laughs> okay so it says before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost now try to explain that to your boyfriend it says then Joseph her husband being a just man or a righteous good man not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately now I, I, I'm gonna try to break this down as we go before I read the whole read the whole thing because there are so many miracles that are unfolded uh, in this in this story now first of all the fact that she was already espoused to to Joseph but she herself was just a young girl you hear so many different ages that people put on her but base she was basically between the ages of 12 and 13 so she was a child herself okay and so what happens is, is that well, let me kind of read it to you out of um, out of the commentary so that you can understand the customs of the day it says that she had already been bound and betrothed to Joseph although they were not yet actually married but among the Jews the marriage vows were said at the betrothal the vows were said then and so because they had already been pronounced and spoken it would take a legal divorce to separate that union because she was pregnant if he wanted to get rid of her so this is why he says privately he was going to do it it wasn't mean that privately he was just just going to say well it's over privately he was going to legally dissolve that patrol relationship before it was actually uh, pronounced are y'all with me yes. okay because that's what it was going to take to end that relationship so the custom of the day usually re required an interval of one year of, of patrol they had to be to dating one year as a patrol even though it's it's supposed to be well it was legal before the bride could actually reside in the house of the groom y'all pray and ask God to open up your spirit so you can re receive what's what's going on here because this is a bit much you okay so that's what I'm saying there are some miracles that was going on from the beginning to the end so she is legally married yet it is not totally legal but she has to live like she's legally married not in the home of the person that she's been betrothed to okay and the only way that she can get out of it or he can get out of it is that they have a legal divorce to end it it was going to be a disaster before it actually began so they had not consummated the union do you understand what I'm saying okay <laughs> But during this interval time, Joseph finds out that she's with child. And he's probably trying to wrap his brain around this, although he thought a lot of her. So her pregnancy was not a, like a natural pregnancy. Therefore, 
uh, because it was done the way it was done in the natural, it was assumed to be illegal in or Ill illegitimate, which we take as common today. To, you know, we can get pregnant before the marriage, and uh, it's 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 okay, but that's called illegitimate. Okay, God help me, Holy Ghost. Now, because of this, the one prophetic quality that is really being pronounced in these first few verses is called grace. Amen. We get to see the grace of God operating. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, okay, I'm going to read 19 again. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example because the punishment was death for pregnancy before uh, marriage. Okay. And, and if he had chose to go that way, they would have stoned her to death. Okay. That's why I'm saying grace was operating when he decided, I'm going to do this undercover so that she's not exposed or destroyed. So it says, verse 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, Amen. saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived or begotten in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is when grace really kicks in. Okay, because Joseph gets a dream to let him know what is really going on that for you to hold on to. Because I'm going to reveal some truths to you that is going to take faith for you to hold on to. Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. So he, he, this is revealed to Joseph uh, in a dream. Uh, that Mary had been con Mary had conceived this child through an immaculate conception by a divine visitation from the Lord. Now, this is how God shares with us what we have been purposed and called to do on earth through a divine visitation that you don't naturally understand, can't naturally explain. Because if you can explain it naturally, this is not a divine gift. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So this is grace that is, 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 is operating on Joseph, but is also Joseph is using it on Mary. Now, in it, the angel says to him, Thou son of David. We all know that Joseph was the son of, of, of um, Jacob. Okay? But this was a revelation to reveal to him that you are operating under a generational anointing. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're coming from a genealogy that was set up for the intent and the purpose of Jesus coming. And your purpose in this is to be his natural father without having the clear understanding beforehand. But you have to take my word that I'm giving you. So that means you got to believe by faith with no proof or no evidence. <laughs> what is forthcoming? What is forthcoming from your genealogy? And God cleverly chose a genealogy that when you go back to the beginning is nothing but brokenness, sin, yeah. adultery, murder, all kinds yeah. of stuff that you can think of comes through that genealogy that Jesus comes through to become the savior of the world. Yeah. And that is to let you know there is nothing you can do or ever do that you can't be saved from. That you can't qualify to be part of the kingdom of the living God. Huh, yes. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And to Joseph, the good news was you have been 
chosen, called, and anointed. Regardless of how it appears and how hard this may be or how people may perceive it, I am with you and will be with you until the fulfillment of this mission. So Joseph experienced guidance. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now what Joseph is, is, have experienced and what I'm revealing to you should be an encouragement because it's to let you know you get the same thing. Amen. So in verse 21, the angel's still talking to Joseph and he says, and she shall bring forth a son. Now we know in the Bible it says that when a woman is blessed with a son to open up her womb, that's a special blessing. The first child is a boy who opens up the womb of a woman. That's a blessing. Why? Because the first child of righteousness was born through a womb. Open up the womb of Mary. Okay? So he says, she should bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus means Savior. Jehovah saves. That's why she had to name him what his purpose. This is how Thank you, Jesus. You know, we, we, we come up and we try to come up with the most fanciest, unusual name to name our children. And most folks can't even pronounce it. With, with all of us black folks, we have these first names that you can't pronounce or spell. And then you have the white folks who have these last names you can't pronounce or spell. And God's intent is for us to come up with a name that will determine your purpose and your destiny. Hallelujah, Jesus. And if you follow the unction of the Holy Spirit down the line and your parents follow the unction of the Holy Spirit down the line, he will lead you and prepare you for the path he set for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Glory. And so you will walk right into your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. So um, thus far, we've we've, heard about the grace. We heard about the anointing. And we heard about the guidance. Now we hear about the salvation. Jehovah saves. Okay. Now in uh, 22 and 23, it says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So you see, this was a prophetic message that was being fulfilled, and the prophetic message was in Isaiah 7, verse 14. And, and which was one of many signs, many prophetic signs that was brought out to tell us about our Savior. Yes. Okay? Now, what's so, why is this so important? Because this states that Christianity is the one and only true faith. It is the only faith that it was prophetically announced from the beginning to the end that And everything that's been prophetically spoken has come to pass. Oh, glory. And it is the only faith that the founder has no beginning and no ending. Glory. And he is the creator of all things who knows all things and can be all things to man. So the prophetic gifting from that is blessings. We were blessed with a Savior. Who knows your beginning and your ending. Who can be all things to you at a time of need. That's a blessing. Y'all need to pray with me, blessed, because I too. See, it's blessing my soul. And it blessed my soul even in the preparation. So I guess my expectations was a little too high. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, in verse 24 and 25. 
the gift that, that uh, is prophetically pronounced is called obedience. Okay, so 24 says, Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, he woke up, did as the angel of the Lord had bitten him. <laughs> That's called obedience. And, 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 and in this term that Christians use now, blind faith, there ain't no such thing as blind. You go, you, when you walk in faith, you walk with your eyes open. And that's why you have so much problems trying to walk through it because you see more than what you're supposed to see. <laughs> your eyes is open, and you, but you, your eyes are so open, you're looking to the left and to the right instead of looking straight ahead. Stay focused. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. So it says uh, 25, and he knew her. Oh, ha, ha. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. You, when it says he knew her not, they had not been intimate. They had not still consummated the marriage. All right? She was still a virgin. Now that's a miracle. She gives birth to a seed. And she is still a virgin. For because they had not com consummated the marriage, which means Jesus was Jesus was blood was never compromised by human blood. It didn't take blood to form him, and he didn't have to cross through interchangeable blood between a man and a woman. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus! He just came through that birthing canal supernaturally. And his blood stayed pure. If his blood hadn't stayed pure, he could not have been the Savior. And his blood would not have the cleansing power that it has over us so that we would be saved. He shed his blood to save humanity. It was the only one that could shed his blood to save humanity. For Jesus, I mean, sorry, Joseph was his legal father, but not his natural father. His natural father is God. Uh, the original father Amen. that we have and the father of our new birth in Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh, y'all pray with me, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Who Jesus is the firstborn of the born again believers. So he supersedes the natural father. Whoever your natural father is, our father art in heaven, if you've been born again, supersedes that natural father. Yeah. Amen. 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 This is why Jesus, when he spoke the words when he was on the cross to John, son, behold your mother. Remember when he had left the group where they were traveling and he had gone into the temple to teach as a child, okay? And so his mother and father was nervous and worried about him, and they want to chastise him. And, and, and he's like, I'm about my father's business. Didn't you know that? Uh, who, who, who is my father? It's like, you ain't my mother and my father. <laughs> the Lord Jesus, I mean, our God out in, in heaven is my father which is first and foremost, and I have to be about doing what he has called. Don't you know your assignment? I'm paraphrasing, y'all. You ain't gonna find it like that in the Bible. Don't you know that I have to be about my father's business, and you need to be about your business? And if you know your business and you know your place, then it would have been revealed to you what I was all about and where I was and what I was doing, and you wouldn't have to fret or worry. Mm -mm -mm. Because relatives... All, all, and we are so hung up by our relatives. If they don't belong to the Father because of the blood of Jesus Christ, they are second nature in your life. The people who have been joined together by the blood of Jesus are your relatives. Our Father who art in heaven is your Father. Jesus 
is your husband. Jesus is your wife. Jesus is your sister. Jesus is your brother. He's your all in all. And nothing else comes before them. And when you get your priorities right, then you'll be able to focus and fit into a natural family and have more joy and more peace. And it will run a whole lot smoother. But you don't put natural folks before the Lord. You've made altars out of natural folks. And therefore, God can't reach your heart. Dismantle the altars. Read Renounce those altars and put God the Father in his proper place. We will be more victorious. But when you let mankind who couldn't shed his blood because it's impure. It was broken when he came into the world. We will be gotten in sin. And when you let mankind come and, and, and take the place of God in your life, you're in trouble. I, I need to read a commentary about Mary for, for my sisters and brothers who are Catholic who worship Mary. Oh, she's familiar with it because that's their prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, mother of mercy or something. I used to know it because I went to Catholic school. Well, we got a whole lot of people familiar with Catholics. Okay, but I mean, they idolize and worship her. That is, that's another altar. <laughs> I put it like that. Okay. This is Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a godly young woman, but not without sin. That's what it means when it says just. You know, when you talk about these good people in the Bible, it don't mean that they were sinless. They were just good people. Okay. It says either original or actual or actual sin. We all were born with the original sin. So that was a certainty. And there may have been some actual sins because we have thoughts of sin. Amen. You don't even have to do an act. Amen. You can think of sin. Amen. If you don't ask for forgiveness, yeah. eventually it's going to materialize to something. Amen. Okay. Since she herself refers to her own need of a Savior because by her giving birth to the Savior allowed her to be saved. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay. She was patrolled. Uh, okay, I, I talked about all of that. During the time the Holy Spirit supernaturally caused her to conceive Jesus apart from any human fatherhood. And she remained a virgin until after the birth of Jesus. Amen. Okay? So, what we need to do, we need to take some lessons from Mary rather than worshiping Mary. Okay? And recognize that Mary knew who her savior was. Her savior was Jesus. And, and so we need to come and worship the savior and stop worshiping, worshiping the lady, okay? And put things in its proper perspective because Jesus is the only one that came to save the world. And it, you know, uh, I've, I've always, uh, always thought that she just happened to be the one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she just happened to be the one. Amen. So we can't worship those kinds of things. And other people who lived on earth and did, did good things and was uh, righteous because of salvation but did some wonderful things. We need to stop worshiping these people. They were here for a purpose. And they accomplished that purpose. Praise the Lord. But there's only one person that we are to worship. And that lets us know that we have the, the true faith because we're not worshiping idols, gods, other gods, false gods, and human beings. By Jesus' blood, we were reconciled. That's the other prophetic word. We were reconciled back to the Father from where sin has separated us. When the sin happened in the garden, that separated mankind from the Father. And so for us to be reconnected to the Father, this is why he had to send Jesus on our behalf so we can be reconciled back to the Father. Because if you're not reconciled back to the Father, then you don't get to go for eternal life in heaven with him. You get to spend eternal life in hell. You don't get to have grace and mercy flowing in your life when you don't even deserve it. 
whatever you have accomplished and done that you think you've done on your own, that was mercy operating on your behalf, Amen. waiting for you to awaken Amen. to the truth that only Christ can save you. Amen. Grace gives you time yes. to wake up yes. to the truth. Amen. Mercy keeps you from dying until you awaken. Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Grace gives you the time to wake up to the knowledge that Jesus is your savior and mercy provides you that time until you wake up and keep you from dying before you wake up with that knowledge then people we know and love we need to be talking about the good news gospel to them and stop rehearsing about what you've done in the past all that gets on my nerves so bad when a whole conversation is talking about the past long time ago and all them kushites that you knew at that time and what they did and what they're not doing and you're not saved and it couldn't save you. With all of this precious time going by where you could be talking about the truth that's going to set you free. The truth that's going to redeem your soul from hell. The truth that's going to give you peace and joy so that you can move forward. The truth that will give you a vision. Without a vision, you perish. That's why people aren't accomplishing anything. Because you don't have a vision. Oh, God. I don't know why. You know, thus far what we heard is the gospel, the good news. And in that good news, what we discovered, that we've been given grace. We are anointed to do what he's purposed for us to do. He gives us guidance to do that thing. We have been saved, saved from the pit of hell, from the power of sin operating over our lives. He's given us the ability to walk in obedience and to be blessed and and to be reconciled back to the Father. That's the prophetic magic of the birth of Christ. Okay? Now, let's go over to chapter 2 of Matthew. So we're going to talk about the gift the gift of Jesus amen so uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 in Matthew chapter 2 it says now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold there came wise men and uh, another word for wise men is magi okay and says from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. Now let me give you a little data about the wise men or the magis. They were eastern wise men and priests, which meant they were members of respected group of scholars who studied the stars, and thereby you can call them astrologists. Okay, because that was what they major in. And, and so they, because they were astrologers, they interpret dreams and did other magic arts. Now, their interpretation of the stars led them to Palestine to find and honor Jesus, the newborn king. Because we say, a king is going to be born. So, of course, they follow the stars to go find this new king. And the reason that they were able to even know to follow a particular star that would lead them to that is because they had knowledge of their future due to reading Daniel's account of the coming of the Messiah. Ah, and other Jewish writings about the, prof the, uh, uh, the prophetic son of David. Because see, Jesus is the prophetic son of David. Okay, in the natural. So they had some, uh, what, what you call it, some theology that they had mixed up with superstition <laughs> and form astrology and, and followed that to get to the point. Okay, all right. <laughs> so remember what you have written in some of those other prophetic writings of, of Jewish people were given to them by an angel of God, which is generally Gabriel, because he's a messenger. He comes with a message, okay? So they were, they were legit, because what we need to understand, that God gives the gift, and he gives it without repentance, but you can perpetrate the gift and use it for Satan. So, because so most people think you're, uh, you're a false prophet or whatever because they think you don't prophesy. No, that's, that don't make you false. 
That's just somebody who don't know they're not a prophet. A false prophet is one who's using it for evil good and, and deeds and using it for a profit because God gives the gift regardless. A good prophet is one who's using it for the purpose of God and is influenced by the Holy Spirit only, not by self, selfish gains yes. or control over other people. Because a lot of people that may not be selling their, their, their message, but they want to be control of you and they want big followings and they want, they want you to lift them up and all of this kind of stuff, okay? Uh, let's go back to the scriptures. Uh, verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, that they, you know, that uh, Jesus, this new king was being born, said so when he had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. You know, and one, one king don't want to hear about another king, going to put him out of, out of business. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And though Bethl thou Bethlehem and the land of Judea art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of, out of thee shall come a governor, a ruler, a governor, a ruler. Y'all hear this? Yeah. <laughs> that shall rule my people Israel. Should it, in this place shall shepherd my people. See, governors were set up long before it yeah. became Political and this and this and the setup of 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 the uh, what should I call it this this world's political thing is based on biblical facts and the ordinances of God, but it's not carried through and carried forth and carried out in that fashion. Okay, because they don't try to shepherd us; they dictate to us. Um. I said I was going to read out of my commentary about that. Let me, let me see what is it. Okay, it says that uh, the governor who will come from Bethlehem is none other than the child ruler predicted in Isaiah 9, 6, which is talking about Jesus Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, unto us a child is Unto us a son is giving. The, the son is the first fruit of righteousness. Oh, oh, he, oh, and the government shall be upon him. whose shoulder? Jesus' shoulder. Therefore, when you've been given instructions that conflict your constitutional rights and your belief system, you don't have to follow that. You go to Jesus. He will lead you and guide you in the right path. And at the end of that path, the word is spelled victory. Yes. Regardless to whatever happens, step by step. Amen. 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 Okay, so verse 7 says, Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. So and then quietly means he secretly. You know, you, 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 know, you get these big bad people who are in office. And they do stuff underhanded because they're not that bad. Well, not bad in a sense when you want to see bad as like powerful, good. They're bad. <laughs> but it ain't the bad like our Jesus is. So it says in 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Deceit. He wasn't going to worship him. He was going to kill him. Because he wanted to destroy him. So when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till he came and stood over where the young child was. Now remember, they got their understanding from the revelation and from the prophetic word that came from Daniel and some of the other Jewish prophets that had prophesied. And so the fact that they were seeking to follow him meant they had a belief in who this Messiah was coming. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, it will help you to understand. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they, because they realized that their deliverer, their Messiah, had come. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young, 
the young child with Mary, his mother. Now, this is, Jesus is no longer a baby in the manger. He's now a little child. Because think about it. If you're following the stars and you're traveling by foot or donkey or whatever, it's going to take you some years before you get to your destination. <laughs> okay? So it says, and when they were coming to the house and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. Well, how, because when you follow the prophetic of the Holy Spirit, he puts something in you to recognize what you need to see in order for you to worship appropriately. That's how worship is birth. Worship is birth from within out. Praise is out. Okay. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and mirth. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. Okay. Now, there is nothing in scripture to reference how many wise men showed up. Because all I ever heard, the three wise men. They concluded that because there were three gifts. The three gifts was just the three gifts. We don't know how many wise men that came and brought gold, frankincense, and mirth. It was probably to an overflow because of the different wise men that showed up. Okay? Now, the three gifts are also prophetic in appearance. Okay? Help me, Holy Ghost. Because they represent prophetically what was forthcoming. Remember, I told you at the beginning that Jesus was born to die. Frankincense. He was on a mission to die. And so those gifts that were brought to him as a little child was preparation for his future. And his future was to die. So, okay. These guys were really obedient to, to that vision that they had. Not to go back and tell Herod so he can prema- prematurely try to take out the king. Now, the three gifts, like I said, which were prophesied also in Isaiah 60 uh, verse 6. So, it, 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 it was gold. Gold represents worship. Something that is beautiful. A, a precious stone. But before it got to the point where it needed to be, it had already been put through fire and perfected. The persecution, the cross, all of that was the fire that Jesus went through and came out and was able to say on the cross, it is finished. They didn't take his life. He gave it up. He was uh, purified as fine gold. Okay. Now, frankincense and the mirth. Now, the, the gold is stone, but the, the myrrh is a plant. Frankincense is, a, is an incense of fra- fragrance. Kind of like, you know, when I go to Nordstrom's to get a pedicure. And so what they do is they put, <laughs> they put fragrance uh, uh, all over your forehead and put a cloth up there and turn the, turn the lights out while they're doing that so that you can get into that meditating mode and you can smell the aroma of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's to help, you know, prepare you, make you feel rested and good. And, and so when you get up and you go out, you're ready for the challenge. And, and I brought my book. Let me read to you about, about the mirth, glory. Because they were preparing for the future. Hallelujah, Jesus. And, uh, okay, uh, I'm going to tell you something else about the... Uh, frankincense too it says a clear yellow resin obtained from certain trees native to northern India and Arabia and so it can be used as perfumes medicine or incense and religious rituals okay you remember the feast of the tabernacle that was when they came and they did certain certain Ah, Jesus. They had certain kind of ritual performances that they did in offering up worship to the Lord in the tabernacle. 
like we experienced this morning that gives off a sweet smelling yes amen okay um now the um the murph it says that it's a spice of medicine or cosmetic and it's it's a symbol of peace and prosperity and used in constructing the booths of the feast of tabernacles it's used to construct the booth of the feast of the tabernacle okay now that is the worship and the preparation also those the uh um those ornaments are used for embalming because remember he's being prepared for our end of trouble not his end his death brings the end to our stuff and his uh, uh, resurrection brings the beginning to our newness he was born to die and everything that was done and given was preparation for the cause because if he hadn't died we wouldn't live and this is why Christmas is such an awesome time because we get to celebrate new life coming to the earth for us Amen. Amen. And just like we, he had a purpose to fulfill, to bring it all to completion. Amen. Amen. Jesus was born to die. And he was a sacrificial lamb who took away the sins of the world. He was a substitute for mankind to take on our judgment and punishment for what we've done and yet to do for all of our sins he was the second Adam come to reconcile reconcile man back to the father that's the gospel that's the good news that's the good news I'm going to climax it with this I was going to tell you this little story but I may do this next week because Christmas won't be over my eyesight until after New Year's But this is a good little Christmas story about my favorite place in Frankenmuth. So I'll tell it next week. But as spiritual leaders operating in the church and church offices, we must remember we are servants of the Lord. The fivefold ministry is nothing without the Spirit of God operating through us and in our humility. Faith, obedience, and in grace. You hear what it said? Not in your vanity. Not in your pride. Not in your intellect. It's the Holy Spirit operating through us as we humble ourselves before the Lord. As we walk in faith. Stand in faith. Talk in faith. Live in faith and obey what the Lord is telling us to do in his grace that enables us to do what he tells us to do. All of the jealousies, the feuding, and all of the dumb stuff that goes on because you have been given a position in the church is going to send your soul to hell. We attack other saints out of ignorance. Jealousy, impatience, and blindness. And we let Satan and his little imps attack us and we do nothing about it. When we should be more vigilant, violent, bold, and assuredly be attacking Satan, not thank you. And all the antichrist spirit that is on our universe now. And, and to gently, patiently, and prayerfully approach our sisters and brothers in Christ. Let's get it right for the year 2021. Amen. Because we can accomplish far more in our universe when we get this right. I'm not even talking about the little local body. This is basic training. We sit up and we just, we, and ain't saying nothing. And, and, and Satan is taking all of that. 
destroying, tearing, cutting, breaking. Ask God to give you the spirit of discernment so you can discern some things that you see that you don't understand before you start running your mouth. That's the end of this message right now. So, okay, we're going to close out our service, and I thank you for your patience, although we really haven't been here that long. (laughs) But it's been so blessed, it doesn't seem like it's long to me. And just an, an, an opportunity, we've heard so much from the gospel today through worship, through songs, through poems, through reading of the word, through the preaching of the word, that will make you want to know who Jesus is Amen. and how can I have him in my life and it is just so simple because he didn't go through all he went through to make it complex and make it complicated or to make it hard for you he made it very very simple and it's just a matter of saying dear Heavenly Father I want Jesus to be my Savior to be my Lord I thank you for the gift of salvation. And I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to do the prayer of benediction. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you. <laughs> making mention of himself available to you as your heavenly father so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all of your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bring to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose and be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and give you sustenance provision and friendship the Lord lift up his countenance on you may Yahweh he who exists lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you bringing everything that he has to your aid supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being and give you peace may Yahweh he who exists set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit may he give you supernatural health peace welfare safety soundness tranquility prosperity perfection fullness rest harmony as well as the absence of agitation and discord in Jesus name amen amen Amen. praise the Lord